back sports fans it's time for strong style impact media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts i'm your host jeremy the impact york welcome in there is a ton to talk about as always and we will get into that shortly but first I want to tell you that if you would like to contact the show in any way, including leaving a rating, review, question, comment, suggestion, you can do so by emailing us 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, Jeremy York, or Strong Style. You should find us all of those ways. Also, if you are one of those people who like to click on a link and listen to a show, you can do so by going to our Twitter page, at Team Impact Media, and uh, just scroll down to the appropriate show that you would like to listen to. You can follow me for show-related things and unshow-related things at the impact 99 on twitter triller tiktok and instagram and also anywhere you find a podcast including the itunes store spotify podcast one and uh, like i said anywhere you find a podcast if there is a place you regularly find a podcast and you do not find us please let us know we will fix that accordingly now as i said there is a lot to get into So let's start it off by talking about the UFC. UFC Fight Night, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Limos. Once again, they have a Fight Night card where uh, there's some names on it. Not, maybe not all the household ones that a lot of people are used to. But you guys are big fans of the sport, just like me, and we recognize a good majority of them. And the good thing is the ones you don't put on a show so that now you know who they are. That's, that's the, it's the coming out party factor. That's the, the most fantastic thing. Take a sip of coffee. And once again, I can't tell you what kind of coffee it is because they do not sponsor the show. Uh, if you are a beverage company who wants to sponsor the show all those places all those places I said you could find us earlier please uh, find us there and we will chat would love to talk about your beverage on this show uh, but let's talk Rodriguez and Lemos first this is a good fight this thing goes just into the third these two women were dealing it was very even when you look at the numbers but what it ultimately come down to was Amanda Lemos was able to catch Marina Rodriguez. This thing gets stopped because of punches. It was spectacular. Spectacular. It could have easily went the other way. But instead, when life gives you Lemos, you put her in the main event and she excels and puts on a show. That may even be the name of today's show, When Life Gives You Lemos. Uh... Fantastic, fantastic performance. 
you know, sometimes the main events don't always deliver the way you expect them to. I, I think this one more than delivered. It gave us two full rounds of the two of them uh, trading shots and just cerebral chess in an octagon of all places to, to play chess. And then in that third round, Amanda just decided, yeah, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take a shot. And I'm going to take her. And she did. Uh, fantastic fight. Great, great work by the UFC to make that the main event because it absolutely should have. Uh, next, let's talk about Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez. This thing almost goes the distance. I think it's only going three rounds. This thing almost goes the distance, and then Neil Magny puts Rodriguez in a darsh choke. And my goodness, it was tight. Eventually, he. Uh, Eventually has to give way, and your winner in the welterweight division there is Neil Magny, who improves to 27-10-0. Rodriguez is 17-3-0. He's, he's going to rebound. That's, that's not a big deal, but it's a fantastic win for Neil Magny, who seems to get cast aside some when it comes time to give out opportunities. So good to see Neil back uh, in, in not only a co-main event, but excelling in that co-main event. Uh, Shailon... Nerdenbeek, I believe I said that right, against Derek Minner. This thing was almost over before it started. Uh, Nerdenbeek was able to get the upper hand quickly on Minner, and those elbows were vicious. And this thing gets stopped because of those elbows a minute and seven into round number one. Big win for Shailon. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, matchup number four, Tajir Yulenbakov. Yulenbakov. There we go. If I say it fast enough, I'll say it correctly. Uh, against Nate Maness, uh, Tajir was, uh, I think you remembered he was double parked because he found that guillotine choke really quickly about two minutes into this fight, and Maness had no, no, no real course of action except for to uh, to uh, lose and he did and the crazy thing was Maness was actually he had doubled up stats wise on a lot of different categories uh, total strikes he, he was going after the legs and the body I mean he, Maness was actually starting to, to kind of set some traps for uh, Yulimbakov and then Yulimbakov decided he was double parked he left the uh, he left the refrigerator running just any reason whatsoever to get this over quickly, and he did. He improves to 14-2-0. Vanessa is 14-3-0. And, uh, and then finally on the main card, Grant Dawson picks up the submission win over Mark O. Madsen. Uh, he was able to get the rear neck a choke about midway through round number three. Uh, good, solid fight. Dawson had the advantage a little bit on a lot of the strikes uh, and was really attacking the legs of Madsen and all that did was set up the chance to take his back put those hooks in and rear naked choke and all she wrote uh, some other notes news notes uh, I want to put on there uh, Miranda Maverick uh, gets her 13th win over uh, as she gets a unanimous decision win over Shayna Young it was a good fight but it this was this was two-thirds Maverick, if not more. 
uh, just just dominated point just pointed her to death basically uh, great win for Miranda Maverick though she continues to move up I look for some bigger opportunities coming her way in the flyweight division very very soon uh, Pollyanna Vienna against Jin Yu Fry Pollyanna does it again she gets the TKO victory via punches um, just 47 seconds in Vienna Vienna took advantage real quickly of, of uh, being able to capitalize on Fry, who did land some good shots of her own, but 47 seconds in, yeah, Vienna, Vienna had a vendetta and executed that great win for Pollyanna. And, oh, and a great submission win by Jake Hadley over Carlos Candelario. This was fun. It was early on the card, and hopefully if, if you tuned in early enough, you're able to see that beautiful, beautiful execution of a triangle choke. Uh, Candelario had nothing he could really do about it. And about halfway through round number two, that was the end of that. That moves us to this weekend's UFC show, which is UFC 281. Adesanya versus, is it Pereira or, Pere, or, P, or per, Pariah? I think it's Pereira. We're going to go with that. But anyway, that is in MSG, otherwise known as Madison Square Garden, New York. The prelims are going to start on ESPN News. and ES, or ESPN Plus is going to have the early prelims at 6. At 8 o'clock is ESPN News and ESPN Plus. And the pay-per-view will start at 10 p.m. going to be fantastic. So let's start. Let's start about it. Let's start talking about it. Israel Adesanya is going to defend the middleweight title against Alex Pereira. These two have never faced off in an octagon. Why do I say it that way? Well, in case you don't know, these two faced off in a kickboxing environment. Don't know if they were in an octagon, or in a cage, or in. Uh, a boxing ring, but they faced off kickboxing-wise. And if I'm not mistaken, Pereira is 2-0 against Adesanya, including a knockout. That's important because Adesanya has 24 pro fights, and he only has one loss. Alex Pereira has seven total fights, MMA fights, and he has one loss as well. I don't know. I don't know why it took Alex so long to chase Israel down like this, but Alex got with a couple decent wins. He was propelled up into this matchup because they're just running out of people for Adesanya to beat that he hasn't beaten already. Uh, he is almost to a point of having to move divisions just to get fresh opponents. So they fast track the guy who has had the most success in his career against him. And this is going to be a tough one. Uh, this this whole time leading up into this, from the time it was rumored to the time it was proposed to the time it was signed up until right now, I've been prepared to pick Alex Pereira because at some point law of averages says that Adesan Israel Adesanya is going to lose. Why not to the guy who has beaten him twice before, including a knockout? 
and then the other part of my brain kicked in and you know that's the uh, the that's one side the other side here says but that's Israel Adesanya that is arguably one of the best middleweights of all time multiple defenses of the belt he's 23 1 and 0 and most of the time it ain't close so why would this guy who only has seven total fights could care less about what he did before getting to the MMA you know what you did in a kickboxing ring is not the same as what you do in an MMA environment not the same as what you do in a boxing ring you know it's it's completely different things so where do I stand on this I gotta go with Israel Adesanya and like I said up until I would say up until 20 minutes ago I was uh, going Alex Pereira all the way. I just don't see where Israel is going to lose this. There are there are chances for Alex to take advantage and win, yes. And it's more than a puncher's chance, yes. This is probably a 65-35, maybe a 60-40 matchup in Israel's favor. But I just feel like there's so much hype over Alex beating Israel way back when that I just don't think that Israel is going to find himself in a losing situation here. He's either going to point Alex to death just to make a point, or he's going to try to knock him out himself so that he can say, well, now we're both even. 1-1, one, one, we've knocked each other out. So give me Israel Adesanya. In the co-main event, Carla Esparza versus Zhang Weili for the women's strawweight title. Man, this is going to be fun. This one's going to be fun. We know Zhang Weili is looking, she's the heavy favorite at minus 360, by the way. Carla Esparza, a plus 280. I tell you right now, I think you should put some ducats down on Carla Esparza because not only is she the reigning, defending, undisputed women's strawweight champion, but I think she's going to win the fight. Zhang Weili is really good. But Carlos Esparza is the champion for a reason. So, give me... They've had very similar number of fights. 25 for Zhang Weili, and Carlos Esparza has 26. I just feel like Esparza is going to find a way to win this one, and I'm going to pick her to win. Match number three. Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Dustin at a minus 200, Michael Chandler at a plus 170. I tell you, this is a pick em. This is a coin flip. This is a dice roll. This is a... Uh, I just I think it's about as down the middle as it can be. I do think that Dustin Poirier has the slight advantage. I do think that he has the uh, slight advantage. And I also uh, could see Michael Chandler finding a way to win this. Because every time somebody counts Michael Chandler out, he disappoints them and he wins. Um, I'm still taking Dustin the Diamond Poirier. I just feel like he's... 
he's got a better chance to win this. I think his skill-wise, I think no matter where Michael Chandler tries to take this particular fight, that Poirier is going to find a way to win. I think Poirier has a chance to be right back in the light, lightweight, heavyweight title picture very, very soon. Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez is actually a slight favorite at minus 220, plus 180 for Frankie Edgar. Um, give me Frankie Edgar. Give me Frankie Edgar. Uh, Chris Gutierrez is really good, but uh, Frankie Edgar is a legend, in my opinion, and I think he uh, he is, is going to do his best to keep Gutierrez... I think they're going to try to stay on their feet, and if so, I think Frankie, Frankie Edgar is going to go for go for the knockdown, maybe the knockout. Give me Edgar in that one. Uh, and then finally on the main card, Dan Hooker is taking on Claudio Puelles. Um, this one's tough because Claudio is uh, coming in at 13-2. and two. He's had some pretty good wins and did some pretty good things. He's only a plus 140. At a minus 165 is Dan the Man Hooker. I know he has another nickname, but I go with that one. This one's tough. This one's tough. Hooker's another one that every time I pick against him, comes comes back on you. So, but like I said, Claudio is a guy on the rise, and he's been doing some fantastic things, and this is a lot closer than people would think. Um... Give me Dan Hooker. Give me Dan the man. I think he's going to win this one. I think it's going to be really close. Probably unanimous decision. It's going to go to or go to decision, and uh, it's it's going to be really close. But give me Dan Hooker. Um, some other notable fights: Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann in the light heavyweight division. That's going to be fun. Aaron Blanchfield is going to take on Molly McCann. We get to see Meatball Molly fight on the big stage. Can't wait to see that. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield is, is a big favorite, by the way. Molly McCann is a big underdog coming into this. Plus 310. Minus 400 for Aaron Blanchfield. Let's see what Molly McCann can do. If she fights her fight and is able to get in there and take her shots and not take a lot of damage from Aaron, Molly's going to probably win this. i got to go with Meatball Molly. I'm just a big fan of hers. Uh, but Aaron Blanchfield is, is no joke. But I, I'll take Molly McCann in that one. Um... There was another one I wanted to tell you guys about. There is just so many. Oh, here we go. Carlos Ulberg at a minus 120 is going to take on the plus 100 Nikolai Negamoranu. That's the curtain jerker. That's the opening bout that's light heavyweight those two you got seven and one versus 13 and one that's going to be fun i think nikolai is going to pull off the slight upset because i only say upset because he's he's got a plus in front of his number and not a minus but uh, this card man is just it's loaded like a potato from your favorite steakhouse you know absolutely loaded i uh, do want you guys to know that Starting next week, we will start talking more PFL as the end of the 
end of this month is when their big championship showcase will be. And also, uh, next week, we will be talking Bellator because they have an event at the Trust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. As Nemkov versus Anderson 2 is the headliner. That is next Friday. We will definitely be talking about that next week. But that will do it for all of the MMA portion of the show. Um, I'm going to talk some Crown Jewel once we come back. We're going to go to a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to start with Crown Jewel. I will fill in the gaps of things that happened on Raw and SmackDown that were crown, not Crown Jewel related. And we'll get into the rest of the wrestling world. We'll get into the rest of the uh, wrestling world and all the fun things that happen all around uh, the globe. But we're going to take a short break so we can learn about our friends at BetOnline.net. And we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They have the betting lines, the wagering lines. They have uh, tips and tricks, and they have the podcasts, and they have the articles, and everything to make you a smarter, wiser fan. Even, I mean, even if, uh, even if you you don't wager on fights or games, even, uh, maybe it's it's not legal to do so where you live. Totally understandable. You can still go there and get all kinds of great information. Hey, maybe it helps you with your fantasy team. There's all kinds of great things there. BetOnline.net. Tell them Impact Media sent you, and we definitely appreciate it. Now, as I said, I want to start. I want to start um, with uh, talking about Crown Jewel. After we talk about Crown Jewel, I will fill in the gaps of Raw and SmackDown and NXT. We'll go into that. And when I say fill in the gaps, it's the things that happened on Raw or SmackDown this previous week that uh, have nothing, didn't didn't have a whole lot of anything to do with Crown Jewel. Uh, Crown Jewel, though, of course, took place over in Saudi Arabia, which uh, it's fascinating and, and fantastic. It's scary that they hold events. Um, over in these places they do but it's something WWE has always done whether it's the tribute to the troops that was a JBL original idea uh, or in this case having something like Crown Jewel over there in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia over at uh, Mursul Park I believe is the name of it they had 8 matches and for the most part they were there to deliver uh, we started off with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. 
I think Lashley attacked Brock before the bell. This thing only went six minutes, but it's because there was a lot beforehand and then a lot after. Because somehow Brock finds a, uh, a roundabout way to get a win just six minutes in. And then Bobby just goes ballistic afterwards and attacks Brock again. This shows that this feud is nowhere near being finished. And I think by the end of it, Bobby Lashley is going to be back in the heavyweight title picture. Because this is going to propel him up back into the top before he got injured and had to give up the belt. Uh, next up was Damage Control, otherwise known as Dakota Kai and Io Sky. They took on the tag team champions of Alexa Bliss and Ashka. It was nice that Alexa and Ashka won the belts earlier in the month, but they're not an established team. This, this is what bugs me. You need to be an established team to, to carry the title for a while, and that's why Damage Control were able to pick up the pinfall victory. Tw almost 13-minute match. This was, this was good. I like when the right talent is booked for the right amount of time. Some people are, are good in an in a early time frame, you know, and, and they really excel in that. And some people need a little bit longer to develop what they're trying to tell you. And in this one, it needed the 13 minutes. And uh, it was a really, really good showcase of uh, the amazing uh, women's division. WWE has a great women's division. So many deeply talented uh, women out there, and it's it's. I'm so glad they've they've actually put some some time into developing that part of their roster. Uh, up next was Drew McIntyre. He defeated Karrion Cross, who of course has Scarlet out there in a steel cage match, and he did so by escaping the cage. I don't know why he wouldn't have the pinfall victory or or a submission victory even inside the cage. That would have made a little more sense. About 13 minutes on this one, too. Um, and then what has happened to Karrion Cross? He was highly thought of by Triple H in NXT. He got moved to the main roster. They did not bring Char uh, Scarlet with him. Uh, they didn't book him that well at all, as he didn't really get over with the audience. He got let go. Triple H came back. He rehired him, put him back into a big top-end situation. It looked like he was going to be the next Roman Reigns challenger. And then I don't know if he's fell out of favor or just something's not connecting or working because now Drew McIntyre basically mops the floor with him every time they're out there and gets all of the wins. Um, be interesting to find out and be interesting to see where Karrion Cross and Scarlett kind of end up. They're They're kind of headed for the mid-card the way this is happening and maybe they can build up and do some stuff there and get back into the top but for now he, he's barely a mid-carder and he's so much better than that but at least with the standing of the things I see but good win for Drew uh, weird that he won the way he did but uh, they don't ask my opinion maybe they should we had the Judgment Day otherwise known as Finn Balor, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio who had Rhea Ripley with them they defeated the OC, otherwise known as AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. A uh, pretty good six-man tag match. I know uh, you got some really talented people in there, and they're trying to develop Dominic 
uh, a little more as a talent, and I think it's working. He's hanging out with the right people, and Finn, Damian, and Rhea, who are really getting more out of him. And also, uh, you're going against AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, who are three of the best performers and workers on the planet right now. So, uh, all in all, with all that talent, it came out as a really good six-man tag match. At some point, they're going to have to add uh, a woman to go against Rhea, but for now, it, it works with her being the, what, seventh wheel at this point? Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman and Omos, I'm surprised it went seven minutes. Uh, Omos looked looked uh, pretty, pretty good in it. Braun looked as dominant as he ever is, and he picks up the win. Braun Strowman, at some point, is going to face Roman Reigns. I don't know that I would book him to beat Roman. At this point, though, once again, they don't ask my opinion, so we'll see how it goes. The Usos defeated the Brawling Brutes for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. And once again, they have completely ran over everybody in the division, including the new upstart team. Um, I'm, I don't really know where they go from here. They've beaten everybody, some people multiple times. They constantly beat um, the Street Profits and Alpha Academy and insert other team here. I really thought the Brawling Brutes, I didn't think they were going to win, so it's not that surprising. But I really thought they would try to do a little more with it, but they, they didn't. So the Usos retain. Um, at no time did I, did I think that they were not going to retain, and uh, we'll see what the Brawling Brutes do. They should have Sheamus back soon. Bianca Belair defeated Bailey in a last woman standing match that went 20 minutes. I don't understand the booking nor the finish of this one, so we're just going to move on. Because I, I just I, I say it over and over again. I, I respect Bianca Belair. She's a very talented person. I just don't get why you would bring Bailey back, put her in charge of a faction, and then have her basically get dusted every night by Bianca. Because that's that's that would be like if you brought me in to face Shawn Michaels and he could never beat me. That I, I don't know if you guys know my wrestling prowess, but it is nowhere close. It is far far inferior to one HBK. So. I just, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it, because I don't know what Bailey does now. Bailey is the leader of a group, and the rest of her group has titles. She does not. I, I think they're going to try to add another member, because War Games is coming up. I think War Games is, is the stupidest thing they still do. Because every time they have a War Games match, at least, of the third of the, at least a third of the participants. So if there's eight, then about two or three of them. If there are 10, then three or four of them uh, are usually out for multiple weeks right after because it's such a brutal match. They all get dinged up and hurt. And I just, I don't understand why you continue to have those matches that do that. But we'll see who they eventually add. Maybe it was tonight on Raw. We'll find out. Uh, just, it, it just it, as much development as the women's division is, is getting, I just, I don't, I don't get the, the Bianca Bailey stuff. And then lastly, as I say with 
with uh, MMA and UFC. When you book a main event, you want it to be one of the best matches on the card. Roman Reigns with Heyman against Logan Paul. A lot of you guys want to keep discounting Logan Paul. And and I normally would say you're entitled to your opinion. But in this case, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. You got to look at... Logan Paul has had three matches. Just like Pat McAfee has only had a couple matches. But they are memorable. You're going to remember a lot of this match. In fact, I got to give him credit for him basically shooting a selfie video jumping off the top rope onto Roman who was on the announce table that is the most unique wrestling video I've ever seen in my life it was just amazingly fantastic just incredible um, and then you find out this was a almost a 25 minute match you find out about halfway through it that Logan tore like uh, his meniscus and his M MCL and, and maybe his ACL he has all kinds of ligament damage and still powered through the rest of this match including some really crazy spots so at this point at this juncture you got to give the guy credit he's come in he does the work he didn't just show up and say hey I'm famous book me in great things no he, he's, paid his, he's paying his dues now he still pays them uh, of course, Roman Reigns ends up with the win, as he should. But when Logan Paul gets back from his injuries, which I, could be six months to a year, we don't know. When he gets back, uh, he, he's a, a major player in the heavyweight division. He proved that he can go 25 minutes with Roman Reigns. And over half of that was with uh, less ligaments in his knees than he had to start with. You gotta give it to Logan Paul. Roman is is the ultimate professional and, and just top of his game right now. But Logan absolutely brought it for 25 minutes, and uh, that's that's just fantastic. And if you didn't see, if you didn't see the match, definitely uh, go check it out. It was uh, it just. It's very memorable. Like I said, people are going to be talking about this for a long, long time. All right, so let's start with let's start with Raw from this week. Fill in some gaps of uh, of things that happened that didn't have anything to do with Crown Jewel. Uh, this did a little bit because Bianca beat her, but Nikki Cross has a new look. She seems to be by herself now. Does not have Dewdrop with her. And uh, if she's back to the kind of rabbit squirrel that she used to be, then she is going to be quite a force. Quite a force. Um, Seth Rollins defending his belt against Theory was a really, really good match. Of course, Seth was able to retain. I like that... Um, him and Becky were not on the Crown Jewel show. I like that because, for one, they had as many matches as they really needed on there. And two, give them a break. Seth's been doing a lot, and so has Becky, in the last couple of years for this company. So you give them a little bit of a break. Theory, too. 
and that is something that you can continue where that can be a bigger match on an upcoming card when you want to when you want to give one of the other top spots a break um, it was Corbin versus R-Truth was good I will get to R-Truth a little more in a second when I get to NXT very unfortunate uh, it was good. It was good that uh, JBL and Corbin are going to be a great pair. I say that every week. It's going to help Corbin and maybe propel him to be back in the top, where he could be a top contender down the road. And our truth is just a national treasure. You had Otis take on Riddle, with Chad and Elias down there, respectively. Of course, Riddle gets the win there, but uh, I got to give it to Otis for one. He, he did the worm elbow drop again that we haven't seen in a long, long time. But, uh, you know, having, having Chad Gable and Elias down there were actually added to the match instead of just extra people we didn't need. It actually worked, and it did quite well. Uh, Miz took on Mustafa Ali. Dexter Loomis come by and made his presence known as well, and Ali picked up the win. And believe that was all of Raw. Let's go to SmackDown, where we get Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. Uh, I, I I never heard that this was a no DQ match or whatever it ended up being, but they used chairs and tables and uh, and uh, those canes that just man those those things don't feel good at all. Uh, in the end, Liv wins. If this seems to be her new kind of shtick going forward, then I very much think she could be back as a top contender very, very soon. You're having to show that mean streak that she has, that she's willing to go to just the highest highs in order to, or the lowest lows, in order to pick up the victory. I like that she's kind of getting back into the kind of Harley Quinn maniacal look and feel to it. I, I think she did so well with that before that it's uh, it's fantastic. Let's see Ricochet versus L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight finds a way to uh, kind of, I think he used the ropes and a roll-up to beat Ricochet. That's gonna, If those two continue to wrestle each other, that could potentially steal the show every night because they are very, very good. And uh, that, that's, a fun, that's a fun battle between them. Uh, Bray Wyatt is now doing this thing where he's kind of he like he's kind of back and forth whether he's he's trying to do really evil things or trying to just be genuine as he talks to you. I feel like this they they are really playing up this uh, this uh, uncle forgot his name now, but uh, this uncle thing that I think he could actually be another person and and I keep hearing rumors that Bray is going to get a a faction again so it will be. Interesting to see who he gets because there's not really a lot of people you could really add to him right now that are that are in NXT or Raw or SmackDown. Um, but we had Shayna Baszler with Ronda Rousey at ringside, who defeated Natalia, and then after the bell, she gave her a pretty stiff shot to the nose. It looked like she busted Natalia's nose pretty good because that that didn't look like. 
uh, fake blood. They, so they either pulled it off really well or that was a genuine shot. Um, I would be interested to know if that was just a whoops or if there was something behind that. But looks like Shayna and her mean streak are back and it's going to elevate her to a better level where um, at some point we're going to get Shayna and Rousey. We know that. But it uh, looks, you know, maybe Liv and Shayna would be pretty good coming up. We'll see what happens with all that. Uh, and then we got Gunther, who defended his um, Intercontinental title against Rey Mysterio. This is a really, really good match. Really good match. Now, it um, it did have the interference here and there, but uh, Rey is a legend, and Gunther, that guy could be a heavyweight title contender sooner rather than later. It could get very, very crowded on the top end. Uh, very soon. Let's go to NXT. The uh, first match we started off with was Grayson Waller versus R-Truth. It started from a little altercation they had, and it looks like part of the way through the match that R-Truth, uh, like he tweaked a knee or something like that, and had to be helped to the back. Uh, it very unfortunate. It looked like it ended way before they wanted it to. The good thing was it allowed Grayson Waller to get on a microphone and run his mouth as filler to make up for the time of the match not happening. So uh, good for Grayson Waller to be able to help it that way and uh, just thoughts and prayers to and healthy recovery to our truth for his injury because he was just getting back on TV. He's so funny and he's such a great guy. I was able to meet him many years ago in uh, up in Gwinnett for a TNA event that uh, that we attended. And uh, he's, he's so super fun and so super cool. Everybody likes the guy. Nobody says a bad thing about him at all. Uh, just, a, just a really good guy. Uh, we got to see Kiana James versus Thea Hale, where uh, Chase and Hudson were down there, and they eventually end up costing Thea Hale match Keanu James with a good win which is good because normally she jobs out to everybody else so it was good to see Keanu win I want to see what they're doing with the Thea Hale stuff she's fitting in real nicely with the Chase University stuff but at the same time I could see her and uh and Hudson maybe pairing off and being a pretty good one-two tandem as uh, a power couple I, I think that could be really good Uh, returning Odyssey Jones, he was dinged up a couple months ago. He returned and was able, able to beat Javi the Body, otherwise known as Javier uh, Bernal. Pretty good match. Odyssey Jones, man, it, it's not even one of those, oh, for a big guy, he does well. It's like, no, he <laughs> he does well no matter what size he is. But uh, he's, he's uh, you know, he was in the breakout tournament, I believe, and they, he's one of the ones that they kept around, and he has been doing a fantastic job. Um, more altercations between Toxic Attraction and Alba Fire. I, I think we're back in the boat where you get like as many rematches with champions as you want until you win or something. But uh, to me, Alba Fire, if she wants to go through the rest of Toxic Attraction, that's one thing. But before she gets back with Mandy Rose in a match, I just uh, it needs to be further down the road. Indy Hartwell gets a great win over Zoe Stark. It really made... Uh, really made 
me quite happy because I don't like the pairing of Stark and Lions. I'm glad they didn't win the tag titles, but it just it, it looks like Stark is going to be the the fireball, and Lions is the one trying to keep her calm and, and intact, and it, it at least it's something. But both of them should be going for the world title, not teaming up for random things now. Uh, Cora Jade took on Valentina Feroz. The thing I liked the most, this was a decent match. Valentina's a great worker. Cora Jade's an up-and-coming star. Uh, it looks like Cora Jade and Wendy Chu are going to get into it here soon. And uh, Wendy Chu is, uh, I guess she's a national treasure as well. Love the gimmick. Love the, the sleepy head, you know, Jamba Juice cup, everything. Uh that's going to be a fun feud, and and I know Cora's going to probably end up on the top end of it, but Wendy Chu is somebody to look forward to down the road. The way she is started off already, I think they, they think pretty highly of her. Uh, she kind of got the best of Tiffany Stratton, who we have not seen since that feud, not seen much of, but uh, Wendy Chu, Cora Jade, that's, that's something to look forward to in the future. And then the main event, we got to see Wesley... And Braun Breaker take on Pretty Deadly. Uh, Pretty Deadly ends up defending their tag titles against Wesley and Braun with the help of Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, and Vaughn Wagner. All in all, WWE doing really well once again. Uh, let's go to AEW. Let's start with Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, we start off we start off with Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. Of course, Sanjay Dutt and uh, Satnam Singh come down. Uh, then we get another member of their group, Cole Carter, who um, comes down to be added as the fourth member of their little stable, which if you include Sanjay Dutt as a manager, then I, I guess he's the third member, which gives him a triad like the rest of them, which is pretty much what it is. Uh, but then Sting's music hits, and he comes down to help Darby Allen out, only to be blindsided by Jeff Jarrett. Or actually, Darby was blindsided by Jeff Jarrett. Uh, not sure what Jeff Jarrett's doing back, or why he particularly took that opportunity to attack them. But uh, good to see old Double J. Seems like he's doing pretty good. Moxley defended his title against Lee Moriarty. Moriarty's good. He's not He's not ready to be in that top yet, but this was really just a setup for uh, Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page to come down and attack Moxley. Uh, and I do find it weird and funny that following a Moxley match is always a Renee Young segment. Renee obviously is Mrs. Moxley for people who do not know. But um uh it's good it's good defense by Moxley, but then he got attacked by all of them and, and we'll just see if the Blackpool Combat Club and and I forgot what they call themselves, the firm or whatever. It looks like they're gonna feud uh here soon. Renee was supposed to talk to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Soraya. And instead, Dr. Britt Baker no-showed because it's not on her timetable. 
So Renee asked Soraya some, some questions, including some hard questions. And the one that hung her up the most towards the end was, you know, we, we know about, basically we know about the neck. Are you cleared to compete? And she kind of hem-hauled around, and then we went to the next segment. So I guess that's something they are going to uh, play up pretty good. We got to see the acclaimed and Billy, who were celebrating Billy's birthday. Happy birthday, Billy Gunn, by the way. Then the gun club come out and said, hey, why are we not invited? And then Morrissey dropped everybody involved. FTR come out and kind of evened up the odds. We're getting a bunch more multi-person matches, so I, I just look forward to seeing those. Then we got to see Tony Schiavone, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and I think the future champion, women's champion of AEW, Jamie Hayter. And Britt said basically that, is that we do this on my schedule, not yours. So I will do my time here with Shivani. I don't blame her. Do what, do what you can, why you can. She knows that. Um, then Jericho defended his Ring of Honor title. He had uh, Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager with him. And he said it's an open challenge to any former Ring of Honor, any former Ring of Honor uh, champion. And Colt, boom, boom, Cabana comes out. And this was actually a really, really good match. He gave Jericho a real run for things. And, and uh, you know, I never got the feeling that he was going to win. But Jericho was worn out by the end of this. He was worn slap out. And good to see old Boom Boom back. I would like to see him either back on AEW or if Ring of Honor is able to get if Ring of Honor is able to get its own TV spot, then Colt Cabana needs to be headlining Ring of Honor. Uh, still just one of the best performers on the planet. Orange Cassidy defended his All-Atlantic Championship against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix, which was, uh, man, it was just a heck of a match, by the way. Uh, these, these three ways they're doing for that All-Atlantic belt are just basically one of the best matches on the card each and every week. Uh, but also, Pac tried to come in and interfere with uh, the bell hammer. Jack Perry come down, and then Christian come down to attack him as well. So we kind of got like five different storylines all in one. And then there was another where Shibata come down and went face to face with Orange Cassidy, and pointed at that belt and says, "I want to, I want a shot at that." And he actually got that shot on Friday. We'll talk about that in a minute on uh, Rampage. But also, we saw Best Friends and Rocky Romero come down as well to back him up. and uh, Or to back up Orange Cassidy. So we will see. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, that's not that important. There was a video from the House of Black that included Malachi Black that I had heard had left the company. And I told you guys he'd left the company, and I was pretty sure he had left the company. 
and yet there he was. Julia Hart played a big role in it. Um, I think Murphy was in it. And uh, Brody was, Brody King was also in it. Because this roster, this show, AEW, this company needs a jolt of something different. And if the House of Black comes back with their, their unique abilities and ways to do things, then, then I very much see that that could be the shakeup that we're looking for. And also, maybe that triggers Miro to be back because that just baffles me too. That that guy is good and talented as he is. We just we haven't seen Miro in months. Maybe he's been doing other things. Maybe some acting gigs or things like that. But that dude has main event written all over him, and yet he's nowhere to be found. That led us to the main event, which was Brian Cage with Prince Nana against Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. What a great match this was. These two are two of the best, two of the best performers out there right now anyway. Uh, they they had really good chemistry together, and it was uh, a great match all the way to the end where Samoa Joe retains his title, and then in stepped the Gates of Agony, who are with uh, Brian Cage and Prince Nana as part of the embassy. Uh, Wardlow comes down to help Samoa Joe, and then Wardlow is blindsided by Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, that is not with the embassy, but they have mutual enemies at the moment. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Hobbs, if he stays separate or if he ends up joining the embassy. It could help him to join the embassy, but I don't know if it's already uh, crowded enough there or not. That leads us into AEW Rampage. We get guest commentator on the first match, Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson. Um, and that is Shibata versus Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. It's a really good match. For people who don't know who Shibata is, YouTube that guy. He, his strikes are brutal. He is very, very good. He has a very... A very different style and uh, MMA-based. He is a lot like Kyle O'Reilly. If you guys remember, uh, I'm not sure where O'Reilly is. I, kn I know where Bobby Fish is. Don't know where Kyle O'Reilly is. But uh, very, very much the strikes are just uh, fantastic. Uh, of course, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy retains his belt. It's, it's great to me. Just absolutely great that he holds on to his belt, his, his championship belt, by putting it into a backpack. Uh, that, that's very Orange Cassidy of him to do, and uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and future AUW Women's Champion Jamie Hayter 
took on Sky Blue and Madison Rain. These are four ladies who are great with their in-ring work. Great. This was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Shout out to Sky Blue, who, being the lesser known of the four in the ring, you wouldn't know it based on ability. She was right there with all three of the other ones, uh, of uh, Britt, Hater, and Rain. In the end, Jamie Hader gets the win over Madison Rain, and then Tony Storm comes out. You know, we're going to get Hader versus Storm very, very soon, but these two started attacking each other, and uh, it's just going to lead to a really good match coming up. I really do hope that, that uh, Jamie Hader wins, but I'm a little biased. Um, we got to see Ricky Starks come out, and he kind of halfway called out some things and uh, kind of just reminded everybody that he's still... Ricky Starks, and that he will be back sooner rather than later. And then the Gates of Agony with Prince Nana took on Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Wardlow ended up getting the win uh, for him and Samoa Joe, otherwise known as uh, War Joe. And um, in the end, not, they not only got the win, but they were able to hold off the embassy. Uh, let's see... What else are we missing? Oh, let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, we get to see another tournament match for the X Division title. Uh, it was a quarterfinal, I believe. Kenny King versus Speedball Mike Bailey, who lost the title and has not gotten a rematch yet. So, kind of foreshadowing there. Mike Bailey ends up with a big win over Kenny King. But I give Kenny King credit. He did a lot of great mechanical things in this match. And uh, he, he more than did his job. So shout out Kenny King. Um, you had Brian Myers. You had Matt Cardona. And then they got interrupted in the back by Joe Hendry, who I believe in and you guys should too. Once again, look up. Uh, I believe in Joe Hendry. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that because it's just weird. Um, Eric Young with Diener took on Sammy Callahan. Where Callahan actually wins by DQ as uh, Eric Young. Uh, Eric Young finds a way to get himself disqualified, which is nothing new. But Callahan and Eric Young, man, that, that was an interesting matchup. That's one that you, you don't think about up front, but when, when I saw the two of them coming out, I knew they were going to try to destroy each other because uh, they are both really, really good. And they like to destroy people. Uh, and then... We get to see a couple, you know, you get, oh, it's the, the, the hooded people that come out, the yellow hooded people that come out uh, for Eric Young, the, I believe in violence or what, I can't remember what they say now. But two in particular come in and are attacking Sammy Callahan, and then they, it, it's really weird that they use a hood like this because that's what, WWE did with uh, The Rock's daughter that is now with Schism. But 
they kind of uh, unhood or unmask or whatever, and it's the returning Allen Angels, who had just returned to AEW as well, which is kind of weird. And it was, um, I don't know if he's going by Con or Connor, but you guys will recognize him when you see him. But it looks like uh, Violent by Design now is back to four members as uh, thoughts and prayers out to uh, Joe Doring, who is, I believe, battling cancer, if I'm not mistaken. We wish you all the best. Want to see you, uh, whether you're back in the ring or not, want to see you back on the up and up uh, as soon as possible, healthy and happy. Uh, Moose took on Ace Austin with Chris Bay, and Ace was able to pick up the win over Moose. I thought it was fantastic. Bully Ray was out there as well to make things a little interesting. Bully versus Moose, that's going to be really fun. I look forward to that. If Moose will pay attention, he will be a better person uh, for it. That's, that's a part of his game that needs to evolve, and I think Bully can be the one to pull that out of him. We got to see the debut of Aussie Open. Well, not really debut, but the new debut. They've, they've wrestled before. But Aussie Open versus Kaz and Josh Alexander. Of course, Kaz and Josh Alexander end up with the wins in that one. But Aussie Open put on a show. They did a fantastic job. And they're going to be forced down the road. I think, once again, I think they're kind of taking the place of the Good Brothers that are obviously now the OC, Gallows and Anderson as they are back in WWE. Uh, but Aussie Open are going to do some big things, and I look forward to them doing them very, very soon, making an already deep tag team division even deeper. That leads us to New Japan. New Japan, who uh, had had one match this week, but it was about a 40-minute match it spanned almost their entire hour as Tama Tonga took on Jay White for Jay White's heavyweight championship. Tama Tonga trying to show everybody he's more, not just more than a pretty face, but that he's also super talented as a singles wrestler and not just a tag guy with his brother, one of his brothers, Tonga Loa. Uh, I, thought, I think he's more than proved that. He's shown that he can do some just outstanding things on his own. He took Jay White to the brink. Ultimately, Jay White was able to catch him in the switchblade, and, um, or I think it's called that, and was able to beat him. Uh, my main comment behind this match was, wow. Uh, the action was intense. It was all over the place in a good way. They really, really told a great story. Uh, and then in the end, Jay White wins. And then Jay White gets interrupted by Okada. Kazuchika Okada comes down and basically says, you and me, Jay White, that's what's next. So I look forward to seeing that. And I look forward to next week's show. We're going to try to line up some fun things for you guys. we got some things in the works. We are trying to finalize some things and confirm some things. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. But for now... This has been another great edition of Strong Style. Appreciate all you guys allowing us to come on and talk 
pro wrestling and MMA each and every week. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.